0: Good morning, Granite Creek. Welcome to our Youth Takeover Sunday. Um, my name is Abigail Woodcook. I'm super excited that you guys are all here this morning. And those of you online, thank you for joining us. Um, I'm really excited to be here. I know my peers are too. Um, so I'm going to start, and we're going to open up in prayer. Right, Dear God, we love you so much. We thank you for everything that you do for us. I just ask that you be with us, protect us, Thank you for everyone here today, and just speak through me, bring us all peace, and may it be your words and not mine. In your name, amen. 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 So again, my name is Abigail Woodcook. A little bit of background on me. I am a sophomore in high school. I'm a part of the ASB program there, and I have been for four years, two of which in middle school and then these first two years of high school. Um, I've been going to Granite Creek basically since I left the womb. The first time I attended here, I was two weeks old. So my parents got me in here super quick. Um, My family's been a part um, of Granite Creek basically since it started. Um, And I have family members who were in the past and who currently are pastors here. So I love this place. It's like another home for me. Um, And another thing I love is the youth group. they're like another family, and I'm so blessed to be a part of that group. Um, I'm a part of the worship team here, and I play the keys, and I, I wasn't up here today for obvious reasons. But um, I'm really blessed, and God, God has re- really given me an amazing group. And it's such a special thing to be surrounded by uh, students my age that share my beliefs and that I can always turn to for prayer and biblical advice. So you could ask... Any one of us, and we will all tell you that one of our favorite things about youth group are the events and the camps that we get to go to. Yeah. So, so about a month or so ago, we got blessed with an experience at Camp Pondo up in the mountains for our winter one day. So typically our camps are anywhere from like two to four days long, but because of COVID and all that's been going on, we could, we could only have one so we got that amazing experience packed into one day. It was really great. Um, it was super fun, and it was really great to just be able to put Jesus in the center and, like, really focus our hearts on him. And, I mean, with all that's going on with Zoom in school, it was a great stress reliever. So another thing that we love about Pondo is that they have tons of different activities for us to do. Like, there's something for everybody. Everybody. Everything from zip lining to soccer, table tennis, foosball, it's got it all. But there's one activity in particular that stood out to me from the rest. And that was the giant swing. So this swing wasn't like one that little kids will play on. It's not like one out on the playground that you might push your brother or sister on. Like this thing was massive, okay? It, it held three people So basically how this worked is you're hoisted up and then dropped from three stories in the air to just swing. So a little bit about me. I hate heights. I hate roller coasters. I hate big drops. Basically anything that I could picture myself falling off of, and to put it in lighter terms, meet Jesus. Um, (laughs) And so if you were to fall off this thing, you wouldn't just get a couple of bruises, maybe a broken bone. Like, you would literally be meeting Jesus if you fell off. So, and my peers try to convince me, like, Abby, this is so safe. Like, you'll be fine. Just do it. It, It'll be great. And I'm sitting here thinking that was probably put together by a few 20-year-olds who think they know what they're doing, but actually don't. Now, if that isn't scary enough, we had the new trainee who was strapping in our harnesses. And you guys, I seriously heard him whisper, I think that's how it's supposed to be. As he's, stra- as he's hooking some girl to the swing, I've never really been the type to do anything remotely dangerous. Again, no roller coasters, no zip lines, definitely no skydiving, no rock climbing, none of that. But for some odd reason, I felt like I needed to go on that swing. And even talking with my friends, they were they thought there was something wrong. They were like, did you fall and like hit your head or something? Like, did you really just say you want to do that? Even though it's like 50 feet up in the air, even though you could probably slip out and fall upside down? Like, are you sure you want to do that? And I told them, you know, yep, yeah, I'm gonna take, I'm gonna take the chance. We're gonna do it. So we got into this long line, and we're waiting for a turn. And as we get closer and closer, our stomachs start turning, our palms get all sweaty, and the line moved up. And so we began splitting into groups of three, because remember, this thing can hold three people, um, just trying to figure out, like, who was going to ride with who. And so my group was my best friend, Samantha, and my boyfriend, Noah. So logically... Logically, this should have helped me and encouraged me, you know, like being with people that I love, it should have given me the motivation to continue and be brave. Turns out it was the opposite of that, and I'll get to why in a little bit. So the way that this swing worked, once you got all the way to the top, one person would have to reach back, taking their hand off the swing, and then pull a rope, which allowed us to be able to swing back and forth. So, of course, debates began about, well, who's going to have to pull the rope? And none of us wanted to because we wanted to have both hands on this thing at all times. And so Samantha and I, we told my boyfriend, like, come on, be the gentleman, pull the rope for us. Like, be the man, Noah, come on. (laughs) And, of course, he was like, no, I don't want to go on this thing, so one of you guys should have to pull it. (laughs) Long story short, He was forced to pull the rope (laughs) and so samantha and i we teased him and we mocked him we rubbed it in his face like that must suck that you have to you got to pull the rope like must suck for you but what her and i failed to realize is that that gave him the perfect opportunity for retaliation So it eventually gets our turn we're putting on our helmets and our harnesses, we're getting strapped into this giant swing, we're given the all clear, and we begin to ascend. My stomach was in so many knots, I thought I was either going to throw up on them or just straight poop my pants on the swing. <laughs> but it was once we had gotten to the top that I started to question all of my life decisions. Um, I've been a Christian all my life, and I had chosen to give my life to Jesus years ago. But I basically, in this moment, redevoted myself to Him just to make sure that if I was going to die, I would still go to heaven. <laughs> so Smith and Noah and I were we're sitting up there, our feet dangling. Everyone on the ground looked like ants. We were so high up. And the people at the bottom are like, "Okay, go ahead, do the countdown, and then pull the rope." So Samantha and I, like normal people, um, wanted to start at three, then two, and then one, pull the rope. But Noah had other plans. (laughs) He started counting at 35. (laughs) So I don't think that my words can do this swing justice, so we're going to watch a little video of the three of us going on this thing, so enjoy that. 34, 33, 32, (laughs) 30! 25! 24! 23! 10 5 4 Let me just point out, Pastor Michael's cackle in there was great, (laughs) and Noah's weird noises is prolonging the whole process. Have any of you ever been in that position? Let me rephrase that. Obviously, you guys probably haven't been on a giant swing with Noah and Samantha, but maybe you've felt that nervousness, that worry boiling up in your stomach to where all you can do is focus on that one thing. Or maybe, maybe it's minutes before you're supposed to give a speech or a presentation, minutes before you're going to a doctor's or dentist appointment, or on a deeper level, what you're struggling with internally and you can't seem to shake. What is your swing moment? What swings are you facing in life? Now, I've shared my literal swing story with you, um, but I'm going to tell you about my figurative one. Over this past year and a half, I've added a new word to my vocabulary, anxiety. This word used to be so foreign to me, but now it resonates with me on a personal level. It's wrecked my mind and my body, and it leaves me feeling emotionally and physically exhausted. It's really hard to remember moments when I've actually felt a sense of peace or when I've been able to relax. I push myself to be productive, yet I have no motivation or strength to do anything. And then I beat myself up for not doing that work when I should. I have stress marks on my face due to the vomiting that my anxiety has caused me. My relationships have been greatly affected. I've caused fights and arguments with some of the people that I love most because of what I was battling inside. And I find it hard sometimes to even trust those that are closest to me. My mind goes a million miles an hour, and I just can't seem to stay focused for the life of me. When I'm dealing with my anxiety, I feel sick with never ending headaches and pains. I can't stop my body from shaking, my leg from bouncing, my hands from swinging back and forth. I just can't sit still. I'm restless. When I'm struggling with it, it takes me hours to fall asleep at night because I stress about all of the upcoming things I have to deal with or the mistakes I've made in the past. Or if I had a weird or awkward conversation, I replay it 50 times in my head, just wishing I could have said something differently. And then I freak out about not getting enough sleep because I just want any bit of energy I can to make it through tomorrow. And you might be telling me, Abby you're probably just nervous, there's probably something you're worried about. But let me tell you, nervousness and worry are temporary. This is something that I feel all the time, and it's hard to shake it. My anxiety causes me to feel like a burden to my peers and to my loved ones, so I try to keep it inside me, not letting them know exactly what I'm dealing with internally, but I've learned that that only makes matters worse. For myself. And I know that I'm not the only one who struggles with this. Forty-four percent of Californians deal with anxiety as of 2020. Forty-four percent! And to put that in perspective, if everyone in the sanctuary were the state of California, literally half the room would be struggling with this. And what anxiety is for me might be depression, anger, addiction, lust, insecurity, jealousy for any of you. So now I have five things that I'm going to share with you all that I want you to remember and hold on to. So the first one, not everything we hear is true. I got so deep in my anxiety and my sadness that I started to take identity in it. I just began to accept that that's who I was and that I can't really do much to change it. And I'll probably just have to deal with it for the rest of my life. And I also didn't understand why I had to go through it in the first place. Like, that wasn't fair considering my personality two years ago. Like, I used to have no problem talking to and meeting people. I used to have no problem ordering at restaurants. Or it wasn't that big of a deal for me to public speak. But these past several months, these things have felt almost impossible for me. And so I was frustrated, why do I have to deal with this? Why? Like, what happened all of a sudden, that change that has caused me to deal with this? I stopped doing all of the things that I enjoyed, claiming over myself, eh, you're not that talented, so why bother trying? Like, you'll probably just mess up anyways, so why do it? And I feel like these are the excuses that we constantly tell ourselves, the lies that we believe to be truths. And I'm sure all of you here have said something similar to that to yourselves. And I was overwhelmed with the burden of doubt and distrust, wondering, God, why aren't you helping me? Like, why is this not going away? But I didn't realize that it was my failure to see God's strength that was keeping me from that goodness and that healing. I lacked so much faith in my Lord and Savior to the point where I was trapped, feeling lost and helpless. And I was forgetting that God's love is never changing. Proverbs 23.23 says, Get the facts at any price and hold tightly to good sense. Learn what God has to say about you. Learn who you are to him. Because the only opinions that you should be listening to about yourself are His. Your worth, your identity, who you are, that can only be found in Him and not the things of this world. Remember that. Only listen to what God says about you and cling to it. Because He knows what He's doing. His plans for you far exceed your own. No matter how Deep you go, no matter how far lost you are, he's the same. Just because you're struggling, just because you're hurting, that doesn't make him any less good. He is mighty and he is powerful, yet he is loving and gentle. But I was shifting that blame. I needed my hurt and my struggles to be justified, and I blamed that on the wrong person. He sees me in church, he sees you. He knows exactly what we're going through. And we need to, need to allow him full access to our hearts, to our minds, to our bodies, surrendering ourselves completely to him so he can work in us, on us, and through us. When I had come to the realization that it wasn't God's fault, even though I claimed that it was, I felt terrible. I felt like an awful Christian. And I, I didn't think I would ever be able to earn his love back. But the thing is, I never lost it in the first place. There is nothing, literally nothing that we could ever do that would make him stop loving us. And I know that's something we hear a lot as Christians, but I feel like we're always forgetting it. So there is nothing that we could ever do that would make him stop loving us. Point number two, what we know is what will get us through. We feel unlovable, We feel unworthy. But I'm here to tell you that our Heavenly Father has the most intense and beautiful love for each and every single one of us. And we will never begin to fathom how much of that love he has for us. We can't lose our salvation once we have surrendered and trusted Jesus. Because he cares for us. He's not the one to cast the blame on. He has the ability to answer Each and every single one of our prayers, we just have to believe that he can. And whenever I'm struggling with my anxiety, I love to physically picture myself putting my worry, putting my hurt, putting my doubt in his hands and leaving it there. Because once you put it in his hands, he's got it. And I'm awestruck of his mercies and his grace choosing to fight for me even though I don't deserve it, even though I don't see it, he still constantly chooses to fight for us. And I failed to realize that he can take something completely broken and he can make it whole and beautiful again. And I was so caught up in the enemy's lies that I lost sight of the truth. I got to a place where I was so deep in my heart that I couldn't take it anymore. I needed peace. I needed strength. And I knew there's only one place to find it. And it's definitely something that's hard to do, but we need to learn to lay our worries in His hands so that we can be rid of our struggles and our fears. And I'm here to tell you yes, you might be hurting, but you know what? He can heal. You're struggling, guess what? He can and He will overcome. Spoiler alert God wins, He always will. Over every battle, every weakness, every hardship, he's triumphant. James 1, 2 through 4 says, Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know the testing of your faith produces perseverance. Let perseverance finish its works so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. So when I first read these verses... They didn't make sense to me. I couldn't comprehend like, why we would be joyful about the problems that we're facing in life. It's like, I'm sitting over here having an anxiety attack, and you want me to be happy about that? Like, okay, God, like, help me. Like, I don't really understand that. So the very first song that the youth worship team led this morning, it's called We Praise You. The whole song is so incredibly powerful. There's something about the chorus I'm going to read it to you guys right now. I'm not going to sing it because I have a terrible voice. But I'm going to read it to you. We'll see you break down every wall. We'll watch the giants fall. Fear cannot survive when we praise you. The God of breakthroughs on our side forever lift him high. With all creation cry, God, we praise you. I don't know about all of you, but I think it's pretty insanely awesome to know that we have the God of breakthroughs, the creator of the universe, the savior of the world on our side. Like, the enemy has nothing on us because we have him. So instead of letting your insecurities, your anxiety, your depression, any of your struggles, instead of letting those overtake you and define you, Even though it might sound impossible, have joy through those difficulties. Yes, that sounds weird, and I'm sure you're still asking yourself, like, Abby, you really want me to be happy about my depression? You really want me to be happy about my anger? No. But what I'm saying is to rejoice because you have a God who's there for you, and if you ask him, he will conquer those things for you. So be joyful that he's on your side and he always will be. And have faith in him so that you may be rid of your struggles. Yes, there's, there's always going to be some problem that comes up. But I need you all to remember that putting your faith in God will help you persevere through whatever you encounter. Point number three. This will pass. Yes. Yes. So one thing I'm, I'm learning um, while trying to ask God to help me overcome my struggle is it's key to keep your eyes focused on him and only him because he's the only one that can make things right. So we need to focus on him and ask him to bring the good out of all of our hard situations. We need to make that decision to lean on him knowing that he's the answer to our problems. And I continually ask him in prayer to heal my heart and heal my my mind. And I encourage you all to do that too. So in the high school growth group here at Granite Creek, we've been reading about a ton of different miracles that Jesus performed while he was here on earth. And so I thought to myself, if Jesus can literally... Take demons out of people and cast them away. If he can calm an entire storm, if he can heal the sick, just think about what he could do for you. And we read about all these people choosing to step out in faith, wanting to conquer and overcome what they've been dealing with. And through their faith, they were healed. And I wanted that for myself. James 1, 5 through 8 says, If any of you lacks And so I wanted to have so much trust and hope in Jesus that I could be free from my issues. I wanted so badly to feel his peace. And so I asked him over and over and over again to reveal himself to me. in church, it's time we stopped doubting and started believing. Because anxiety is too much to carry. Our pain is too much to carry. Our sufferings are too much to carry. And so I want to stop believing that these things are part of who we are because our problems are temporary and we have a God who cares about us so much to the point where where he will take away our hurt like that, like right away if we ask him. And if we are asking him, we need to believe 100% that he can so that it'll happen. Because again, James 1, 6 through 7 says, but when you ask, you must believe and not doubt, because the one who doubts is like a wave of the sea blown and tossed by the wind. That person should not expect to receive anything from the Lord. The trials of this life can and will pass, but you can't overcome them all by yourself. And I used to think that it was in my power to stop my anxiety, my insecurity, because I think we tend to forget the power of our God. I think... Our human minds put limits on what he can do because we can't comprehend how he could do it. And so we need to start training ourselves that when we begin to doubt, we shift our mind to a different place. So instead of, yeah, this problem's too hard for anyone to help, try thinking, my problems are big, but my God is bigger. Instead of, I just keep messing up, there's no use moving forward, try, my God is mighty and he has given me purpose and reason in this life. Instead of, I'll never be able to get over this, try thinking, with God, anything is possible. And yes, it's going to be difficult at first, but I promise you that if you learn to think about these things and give God the glory and the praise that he deserves, he will give you the strength to overcome whatever it is you're dealing with and it will pass. But you can only do that with and because of him. Point number four. Focus on what's unchanging. I think we all at some point in our lives, well, I know we all at some point, have believed the lies of the enemy. And we've let these lies affect our words and affect our actions, but they put a barrier between ourselves and our Savior. And Satan knows that, and so he tries to continue to fib to us. And so the enemy wants us to feel down and lousy about ourselves, and he wants us to forget what God says about us. He wants to trick us into claiming these things over ourselves that aren't true. And I know as a teenage girl... The enemy uses society to constantly tell me how I should look, who I should be, how I should act. And with my struggles with anxiety, I believe there was no hope for me. And I think we're constantly losing sight of what God says and thinks about us. So here are some truths that I think we need to hold tightly to. God sees what you're going through. You're never never alone. He has the power to answer your prayers because he cares for you. Deuteronomy eight says, The Lord himself goes before you and will be with you. He will never leave nor forsake you. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. God will always act out of his goodness towards us because he is a loving and gentle father. And his plans for us will be better than anything that we could come up with for ourselves. Even though we're facing hardships, even though we feel stuck, he can and he will bring something good out of it. And he knows that good is coming even though we can't see it. You know, I might be struggling with anxiety, but he knows that there's good on the other side. Because he has something good for us coming, we just need to hold on. He'll never stop loving us. I know I said that before. But this is something that I really need you guys to remember. There's nothing you could ever do that would change that. And I know Pastor Josh talked about this a couple of weeks ago, but we are his masterpiece. We hold value and worth in his eyes. Yes, we feel broken. Yes, we've tried to glue ourselves back together again. But then we just fall back apart because he's the one who makes us whole and complete. And I know I said this before, too, but God wins, and he always will. He's never failing. And all of these things that I just listed, they won't ever change. Even if you steer away from God, even if you sin against him, those things are unchanging. The last and final point, this isn't the end of the story, And God's going to use us to help other people. So one Wednesday at youth group, it was probably three months ago, maybe two, Pastor Mandy told us we were going to be doing this Youth-Led Sunday. And my first thought was, I wonder who's going to preach good luck to them. (laughs) But look at where I am this morning. (laughs) So at the end of that night, um, after Pastor Mandy finished her lesson, I got up with the youth worship team. We were getting ready to close in worship. We're doing our last song. And I heard a voice telling me, like, Abby, you need to preach on that Sunday. Like, you need to, you need to preach. And immediately I was like, nah, you silly goose. You don't want to do that. <laughs> and I mean, because I've explained to you guys, like, what I experience on a daily basis and how that part of me has changed. And thinking about it more, I realized that thought obviously wasn't from me. Mm -hmm. It was at that point that I knew it. I asked God for help. I asked to hear his voice, and he gave that to me. And looking back now, I realized that if I hadn't been dealing with anxiety, I probably wouldn't be up here in front of you all today. Because if I hadn't been struggling, I wouldn't have necessarily needed to go to God asking for him to get rid of it in the first place, because I wouldn't have had it. And I wouldn't have necessarily heard God's voice that one Wednesday night. And so I've been super, <laughs> I've been super anxious about this morning, to be honest. And again, nerves are natural, but what I experienced this week wasn't just worry and I keep telling myself, come on, girl, you need to practice what you preach. But I still have been feeling disqualified to talk about this because I'm, I'm still working on my anxiety, and I'm trying to learn to put my full faith and my full trust in him. And I'm learning to lean on him. And I know that he's telling me, like, hey, I have plans for you, so buckle up for the ride. I'm not done with you yet. And I know that he feels the same way about you, too. And because I got up here, because I chose to do this today despite my anxieties and my concerns, it is living proof that God can and will help to overcome, and He does listen to you. And it's an example of how God can use what we're going through to help other people. 2 Corinthians 4, 8-9 and verse 14 says, We often suffer, but we're never crushed. Even when we don't know what to do, we never give up. In times of trouble, God is with us. And when we are knocked down, we get up again because we know that God raised the Lord back to life. And just as he raised Jesus, he will also raise us back to life and will bring us into his presence together. So back to the swing story let me tell you, that was the most exhilarating yet terrifying thing that I have ever done. Um, and I mean, as you heard in the video, I screamed a lot. <laughs> and I was in such shock when it finished. It, it was great. And I was so incredibly happy with myself and my bravery. And then I realized why I chose to do it in the first place despite the fact that it scared me, despite the fact that I had to go through all that stupid anticipation before the rope was pulled, I still chose to do it. And here's why. To be honest with you all this morning, I haven't been proud of myself in a long time. I've felt like there was nothing special about me, that I was talentless, that I was useless, that I was nothing. And that jealousy started to kick in when I would see my friends who are all incredibly artistic, super athletic, fantastic musicians. And so I felt like, well, what do I have? I don't really have that much. And those are the lies that I believed about myself. And so because of those lies, I started to dislike everything that made me who I was. It was at that point that I knew I was at a dark place in life. Fear and doubt were things that I had let overtake me. It's something that I struggle with constantly on a daily basis. And I had to learn that it's not God's fault that I'm still dealing with this. And so I wanted to go on that death contraption of a swing so that I could come home and say, look mom and dad, watch this video of me falling from like 60 feet up because I was brave and I actually did it. And I wanted to be able to say a part of my fear had been conquered. I needed that little victory for myself because it was that that helped me have the perseverance to do this. And despite what you might think, God will always be there for you. Yes, you've sinned. Yes, I've sinned. But if we didn't sin and we were perfect, we wouldn't need to ask him for help, would we? If we were perfect, we wouldn't need to lean on him. So it's okay that we make these mistakes. Because he'll forgive us and he loves us no matter what. So have faith in the Lord. Have faith because he's got you. Have faith because he loves you. If he was willing to literally die for you on the cross, of course he'll help you overcome the struggles you're dealing with right now. Because with him, anything is possible. Cliche, yes, but it couldn't be more true. Have joy because he'll bring goodness out of any situation. The main thing that I need you all to get from this, if you haven't been listening to anything I said previously, like pay attention to this one thing. God will turn your trials into his triumphs if you have faith in him. Triumph over trials. So whenever you face those swings, remember that God is with you and he's for you and that he loves you. Can I have the youth worship team come on up? all right can I have everyone bow your head and close your eyes as a close in prayer dear heavenly father we love you so much we thank you for everything that you do for us I just lift up everyone in this room everyone at home online to you right now God I just ask that you use them. You use that what they're going through to help other people. I ask that you speak through them. I ask that you give them the courage and the strength to keep going no matter what. Because depression has no place here. Anxiety has no place here. You'll stomp on our jealousy. Lust has no hold on us anymore, God. These things can no longer define us because you say that we're worthy. You say we're enough. You say we're loved. You say we're forgiven. So we surrender our lives and our hearts to you, God. We thank you for being a loving and gentle father. And in your powerful and mighty name, amen.